Hello, James. Hello, Lee. You're listening to... Say it is filth. Oh, oh, I didn't look too bad. Didn't look too bad on the thing. No? Okay, that's good. Oh, uh, yeah. Things are a little different this time around. As you may hear, we're not in a green screen. We're not. Um, no. You could never hear that we were in a green screen, because that's like purely a visual thing. <laughs> If I'm making hand gestures in a podcast, exactly, it's just not gonna like compute. And like, I'm gonna probably bring up the size of these Coronas that I bought earlier, which I thought were gonna be large, but they look like they came out of a Christmas cracker. They look like if you were to put them in the hands of, say, someone like Carl, who has tiny hands, they would look like they were fit for an adult. <laughs> but in anyone else's hands, they just make you look like a giant. Mm-hmm. <sighs> JD from Scrubs would love these Corona balls. They are good Corona balls. Well, anyway, yeah, we're, not here. Corona? we're not here for Corona. Aren't we? No, oh, yeah. James. That's the only reason here. I came over to your house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are here because we just watched a film, James. What was it called, Lee? We literally just watched it. We're fresh from watching it. Yeah, this is the first because I, I, feel... I haven't had to watch it through work sporadically. Mm-hmm. And it was in breaks. beautiful HD. Yeah, I haven't watched it on like 240p on YouTube. <laughs> and I haven't made Lee wait like a week after watching it. Uh-huh. This is, what this is literally straight after watching This is fresh after watching it. Yeah. And, and I think it's the first time for both of us watching it. Yeah, I've definitely not seen this before. And we're leaving these people on the edges of their seat. Um, the film is... Tenebrae. 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 Directed by Dario Argento. See. Si. We can say that one. <laughs> Dario Argento. <laughs> um, James, are you equally as confused as I am? Yes. I remember being confused in Bare Blood because yeah. they had a million twist endings in that. This one was just confusing throughout. You you aptly compared this to a Scooby-Doo film. It felt like Scooby-Doo. Or, epi- or episode. Yeah, it felt like Scooby-Doo at the time. I mean, there were so many suspicious characters in this film. Every, I mean, other than the person who it turned out to be the killer, everyone was acting suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we should have seen that it was him. <laughs> He was the only one that seemed normal Mm -hmm. and potentially in danger. Yeah. Or she. Or she, because we don't know what's going on here. We have no idea yet. So I think it's safe to say that it's very confusing. Mainly because it's just an odd series of coincidences that this guy has shown up in Italy, I imagine, to meet with his agent because he knows his agent is sleeping with his ex-girlfriend and he wants to kill them. But when he's shown up, there is a serial killer going around killing people based coincidentally on his books. Oh, by the way, he's an author. Oh, yeah, he's an author. He's an author. He's turned up. He's got a new book out he's called, called Tenebrae. He's called Peter because that's written down at one point. Yeah. I don't know anyone else's names. No. Um, oh, wait. Except... Mr. Bulmer is his agent. And I only There's know that Tommy. because I've been watching Dragon Ball recently and Bulmer is one of the characters in that. <laughs> There's Tommy. No, Billy. Is it Billy or Tommy? Was it? Isn't it Johnny? There's Johnny. There's the one, Johnny. Yeah. Which, there's Johnny, who's basically the kid from the room. He's weird. He has an emotional crisis. James. At one point. Um, hang on. Are we, so are we I'm jumping? My clothes off. James. Um, here's, your trousers here's a question I need to put to you, right? Do it. You have a fondness for these films, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we both do. But you, you have more of a fondness of. I, I do of love Howard's the made, right? Yeah, I, exactly. Here's the question that I'm going to put to you, James. Ooh. Now, it's obvious that some of the people in this film 
are Italian and really badly dubbed over. Mm-hmm. But some of the other people in this film are obviously not Italian because I've seen them in other things. Yeah. And their dubbing is like, it matches their, what they're saying. Which means, did so they record Italian, their scenes yeah, in English? Italian horror films, they always decide, and it may have been films at that time as well, I'm not sure, but especially Italian horror films, almost always redubbed anything that they um, anything they recorded even if it was recorded in English by an English actor so the Italian actors would have been recording in Italian and the English actors would have been recording in English unless the Italian actors are speaking to an English actor and I imagine they would try to speak English oh, that's weird yeah it's confusing. I mean it's just as confusing they, they as this probably film. <laughs> would have had say because it would have been released like predominantly in Italy uh-huh. I'd imagine um, it probably would have been recorded in Italian with English subtitles for the English characters. So whenever there's an English person, say, like, you've got the um, author, Peter. Yeah. You've got his um, his publisher, no one knows. Uh-huh. And then you've got his, um, like, crazy ex-girlfriend and his secretary. Mm-hmm. And, and Johnny, who's and Johnny. English. They all speak English or American bastardized English. Uh-huh. Um, and then everyone else, I think, is Italian. So whenever one of the English people isn't in the scene, they're probably speaking Italian. Okay. Um, oh, God, what was I just thinking? I shouldn't be drinking these tiny little bottles of Corona. They're messing with my brain. They're, getting they're messing with my entire... drunk. Very good. They're messing with my entire concept of reality because they're so small. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's it. It was weird because... I mean, I guess it makes sense, but whenever we saw the book written down, paragraphs from the book, it was in Italian. Yeah. But yeah. he was an English author, but and whenever we it saw, was in Italy. It was in Italy. Whenever we saw like newspaper clippings, it's all in Italian. Yeah. Yeah. But it was in Italy, this bit, so mm-hmm. it would be in Italian. Yeah, it's filmed in Rome. But it's filmed in, like, why the are the police, why are the police talking really like perfect English... And everyone on their... T- like, the news reporters on the TV are all talking English. It probably... I mean, they're not going to, yeah. because it's like... If they made this film today, it would have subtitles and there would be Italian characters in it that were Italian. Yeah. Then again, like, look at how... Um, wait, did they dub over Wreck when they released it? No. Oh, Wreck no, no, all... no, they just remade it. They just remade it, <laughs> They just yeah. remade it awful. Um, yeah, okay, so... But what about the coroner, though? The coroner that worked in Italy oh, had yeah. like a Mrs. Doubtfire voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had one of the most middle class <laughs> snooty. I would describe his voice as snooty English accent. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. what were you about to say? Well, where are we in this film? So, we set the scene. He's, he's gone over there. The author, has got Peter's got a new book out, Tenebrae. Mm-hmm. We've seen like someone at the beginning of the film burning bits of his book. Yeah. And uh, how else did it, how did this how did the film open? Opened with him on a bicycle and then pulling up in a taxi. Well, oh, he goes into an airport, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he, and then he gets a call, a mysterious call from someone. Um, who he's instantly like, I'm hanging out of the phone. I'm hanging out of the phone. So she's obviously whoever it is is being a bitch. But it's probably just heavy breathing. <laughs> There's a message for you at the desk, and he comes over. And it's just like, <sighs> is your refrigerator running? <laughs> God damn it. I'm hanging up the phone. Um, yeah, and then you see this suspicious looking woman walk out of a phone booth right next to him. Oh my God, yes, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then, because he... Um, we have no idea who she He is. found his bag on the floor at that point and he picks it up. Yeah. Which is probably that point that she smashed up his bag. Yeah. Oh, so he, she called... Yeah, okay. 
So once we get out of the airport, he meets up. He meets a couple more suspicious people, mm-hmm. and they they open up. I his don't bag. think you should say he meets suspicious people because everyone, everyone is, is suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> I'm going to be saying this. You a, should a say while. if he meets someone that isn't being suspicious. So he looks in the mirror once. <laughs> The rest of the time, they're suspicious. Yeah. He looks in his bag and it's been shredded and is like half covered in ink. And yeah. Like, and, and then his watch, watch, watch has been, been smashed, smashed in. Yeah. Then they turn up at his flat. He's, I think he's met up with his assistant and this hang on, weird hang guy. Hang on, hang on. Who smashed up his stuff? The girl that made the phone call, we think. She okay. probably rang so, the phone. The pro- the yeah, but the problem I'm, I'm having now is... How did she make the call? No, 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 no. Why did she smash his stuff up if... She's actually seeing his agent and she's in a relationship with him. Did she smash up his stuff to be like, well, I need to maintain the illusion that I still want to be with him? Well, no, I think she's still a psycho. (laughs) Because they're they're not together anymore because he was saying that they've been together for four years. Okay. I think she's she's an ex-girlfriend. Because he's like, yeah, she's cray. She's cray-cray. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know how she was on the phone and smashed his things up. I mean, she could have done it Maybe in Italy because nobody locks their cars or anything. So she could have got That's it. That's true. Everyone he didn't even lock his house because when he came in and turned the lights on, the police were just standing in there waiting for him to come in. That's the thing. They're like, sorry, <laughs> we didn't want to intrude. So we didn't turn the light on, but we came and into we your house and we went rifling through the your possessions and here's your mail in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, here's a letter we found for you. We think it's suspicious. So before the police show up at his house, there's a reason they're there, James. Oh, where do they go then? Because a woman gets stabbed up. No. She gets held against a wall with a razor in her throat and pages from the book stuffed into her mouth. Oh, yeah, she chokes out on pages. he swipes down at her face and a bit a cut bit of paper with blood on it falls out. And Wait, do they know cut the paper? Cut. No, because then he slits her throat and then she's just like... Well, I think there. he slashed her cheek Okay, and maybe. then slashed her throat, but he kind of did it in one. Yeah. Maybe he's like an expert carver and he kind of like swore. He was like Zorro. Yeah. He was just putting the Z on. <laughs> he, he, he shit, so he did like half a Z in her face. He put a sideways V in her face. He's Zorro. So she's dead and that's why the police have shown up at his yeah. house that he hasn't even been yeah, in Yeah, but they turned up there because she's got a load of his books stuffed in her, her mouth. mouth. So they guessed that he would be there. Yeah, so, as he pointed out, if somebody shot somebody with a Smith & Weston, would you go to Smith & Weston's headquarters to find the killer? Yeah, which... Um, I mean, they were right line. to be suspicious of him, because he was a psycho. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> so no one looked into his past. Mm. Um, so where the fuck do we go from there? Uh, so the next killing I remember... Right. Was it the lesbian girls? It's the... the for, right. So Slash everyone in Rome is suspicious. Yeah. None of the women wear bras and all oh, wear yeah. shirts I'm, I'm that are almost sure, see-through. Pretty sure it's against the law to wear a bra. It must have been in the 70s. Mm. They have Jägermeister we They found. were burning them. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 70s and all yeah. that feminism stuff. Yeah. So this is 82. So not So off. we meet a lesbian couple. I believe one of them is the woman that confronts him earlier on about his book being sexist garbage. Yeah, and then he makes a comment about if you see your mum, so give meta. her a kiss for me. Yeah, <laughs> this film's so meta because like she's like this 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 fucking book you wrote, sex is garbage. The book that is also the title of this movie, she's, and also I don't wear point, a bra, and, and point, my girlfriend's always naked. Sat down, having a go at oh, was that her? Oh, I did not. 
Draw it was her. It was okay. it was her. Yeah, she basically sat down and said, Dario Argento, yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. told that you're a sexist <laughs> motherfucker that just likes to flaunt tits around and um, paint people as like evil people or homophobic people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sat there like, well, it's art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so imagine this his answer in real life. We meet the lesbians. It's we get told they're lesbians slash prostitutes. No, I don't think they are. I just think they all, one of them likes men because she meets a guy playing Pac-Man. She was the, calling the, her a hooker. I think she was. Oh, saying she that. may have just been derogatory. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, we, she finds a guy that's really good at playing Pac-Man on a machine she, no, that's called Mousetrap. Mouse yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, she goes home with him, and then do you know what? Like Dario uh, Argento, he does make some good stuff, and I've seen some good films by him. Um, and it's not necessarily his fault, maybe. Maybe it's supposed to be like this, but there's some bad edits in this. Yeah. There was a shot where they're, they're walking and talking down a hallway, and then it cuts to a shot that's really similar, similar to it. Yeah. It's I really think like on that. the second half of that shot, you see the extras, and I reckon they didn't do that in time. Yeah. So maybe they just try to cover it up. Do you reckon they some weird edits, like, because this film's supposed to be confusing, maybe? No, I think there's probably a workaround. Because like that, like, like, later on, the woman who goes off with Johnny is on a motorbike with Johnny, and then later on, she's on a motorbike with, we assume, Johnny again, and he leaves her in the middle of the nowhere. And then Johnny never mentions her again, even though she gets so murdered maybe and it's was, on the news. Maybe there's a scene in the middle of that, maybe there's a scene in the middle of that, um, that walking down the corridor. Maybe they cut to something else and chose to take it out. Hmm, maybe, yeah. Also, same thing, like... Okay, so when she does get on the bike with him, with Johnny, Johnny, for all intents and purposes, um, is probably the most fucked up character in this because he plays the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. You will never meet someone as nice, as cheerful, and as... What's the guy from Scooby-Doo with the neckerchief? Oh, Fred. Yeah. You will never meet someone more like Fred (laughs) than Johnny. And then Johnny, like, gets gets on this bike, drives off doing a wheelie, the next time we see them yeah, together, yeah, yeah. she's like, you son of a bitch. And he's wearing different asshole. clothes. Yeah. He's wearing, like, and he's refusing to talk. <laughs> so he's probably just taken her to, her to like some kind of rape dungeon <laughs> and then like come back leather clad and just ditched her in the middle of the street. Right, let's get back to this bit later on. So we were at the lesbians at the bar. There needs to be a film about Johnny, the backstory of Johnny, because <laughs> he is a fucked up Well, class. we know how Johnny ends. <laughs> it's gonna, he's going to get choked up in a car. Yeah. But So the lesbians... One of them goes home with a guy, then the other one comes home, and the other lesbian is there, perpetually in a state soaking of, wet. <laughs> perpetually wet, and in a state of half-undressed slash dress. And we're not being, like, rude when we say wet, we mean, no, like... she's not moist. She's covered in she's water. She's damp. Yeah, she's walking around... She's like, walking around she in She looks a towel. like she's constantly got a sweat on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. um, and that's when we get an amazing shot that lasts for, like, six minutes. So it's... A two and a half minute crane shot that took three days to film. I didn't did see why. I assume they fucked up a million times. Well, it's really early days to be doing like impressive moves like that, especially like I think the budgets are fairly low. Yeah, but it's not like Italian it's not like in um, uh, Street Fighter when they did that really long take and then John Claude Van Damme was like, "I think I fucked up my line," and then they watched back the rushes and he hadn't, and they had JCVD. to re. Yeah, then they had to redo the take, which meant setting up all the explosions and putting all the guys back. It wasn't anything complex like that. Wait, did just... that actually happen? Yeah, yeah that actually happened. Oh, and then they took the piss out of it in JCVD. 
Potentially, yeah, yeah. Have you not seen that? No, I haven't. But what it happened... opens with a ten-minute tracking shot, and then at the end, a wall falls down, and then he's well, like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" What happened on the street? <laughs> the set of Street Fighter. He they did this take where he's like shooting at people, and there's explosions and people jumping around. It was all one take, and then he comes to the thing. I don't remember what the line is, but he says his line, and somebody goes to say their line, and then Jean Claude Van Damme's like, "Cut, cut, cut!" And he's like, "I said the line wrong." It's imagine if the line was like, "I need to talk to you." He he thought he said to talk to you I need or something like that, oh. but he didn't. <laughs> he had said it right flawlessly me. right, and then they set the whole shot up again, and they did it. And when he came to deliver the line, he said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't take three days. That took them one day max. So why the fuck? When did was that, that take made? Three days? When was that made? Uh, Nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, but this ten is, years this after. This is a crane. It's a yeah. It's a crane. Is it because the film and the camera? And... Possibly. Maybe everything's bigger, heavier. Mm. I I'm not sure why. I'm gonna have to look it up. Maybe it was like setting it up, mapping it out. It was pretty happened, complicated. For it, it was. was they tracked up this it's one... weird because that exact thing they do with a drone now. Yeah, and they do it, and they probably plot the path and just get it to do it on its own. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they started downstairs outside, um, looking through the window outside. Of the reporter woman who wasn't wearing a bra, yeah, and then um, tracked upstairs from from the outside. They um, they tracked the camera up the side of the building to another window. Uh, did we see anything in that window? Yes, it is a girl in her bedroom who's playing the music, the non-diegetic music. Yeah, and which... then she walks off and goes into the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then the camera comes up and then tracks along roof tiles for about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, man. Just like, like cut that to black and then come out the other side. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, And then it comes down the other side of the building and you see a car pull up, don't you? Uh, I don't believe you see a car pull up. It just doesn't it... It just comes to the other side of the building and there there is somebody cutting their way into the building, right? I didn't even notice that. How did you not notice that? He had bolt cutters and he was chopping bits Jesus. of wood. I don't know. I was paying attention to the camera move. <laughs> it was static <laughs> at that point. <laughs> The camera came to a standstill at that point. Yeah, and he lets himself in. And that leads to the most Sam Raimi-esque kill of that girl um, taking off her shirt Mm -hmm. and then putting on her PJs. And as it's going on, he slices at her and it cuts open. She's putting on what looks like a straight jacket. Yeah. yeah. And she's really struggling. Did you not find that the killer could (laughs) move really quick? So she's trying to put it on without bending her arms? (laughs) He, the killer can move really quick. Did you not find that? Yeah, he's a. He was upstairs he's, he's at like one. A cat. He was upstairs. He was. She was staring where he would be standing, and she turned around for a second and put her jumper on, and he was there. And then he well, she was. She was struggling for about five minutes with that jacket. Then that, that other that person top. comes so downstairs and then, looks. So she's she's been like choke. He re- reaches around the back and like chokes her out. Does he slit her throat? No, yeah, he, sli- he, he grabs her, her face and slits her throat. Yeah. Um. And then she falls down to the ground and the guy clearly just starts banging things and throwing shit around to make noise, I guess. Oh, no. Um, and the woman's like... He knocks her into a vase which smashed on the floor. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the woman turns off, like, the best-sounding theme music that is also on her record. Yeah. Yeah, this film is, like, non-stop meta. It's like, um... Have you seen Critters? No. 
there's a song in Critters which is like Creatures of the Night keep on calling and it's like this every time someone turns on MTV in the film that song's playing if somebody plays a cassette it's that song <laughs> if someone turns on the radio it's that song that's playing nice this is what that is the same thing that happens maybe in that's this. where Jeepers Creepers got it from Jeepers Creepers <laughs> yes yeah, so then she comes she turns off that music she comes downstairs and uh, she is pretty dressed at that point all of her nipples are covered up uh-huh. next time we see her Half half undressed again and wet, yeah. both it's out covered in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she's just like a walking water fountain, <laughs> just spouting off of her. Um, yeah, and then she sees some really nice reflections in like in the middle of the stair banisters. Nice. They've got like uh, there is some really nice glass. shots in this. Yeah, so there's um, she sees the reflections of this girl choked out. Yeah, and she freaks out, turns around. And there's probably about 20 stairs between her, the floor, and there's no one in that hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She turns around and runs up two steps and gets stabbed in the back. Yeah. Or slashed in the back. And, and yes, yeah, that killer just travelled like 15, 20 foot in but then, no time. And he smashes her head through that that glass and she's laying there yeah. dead. And then all of a sudden he's... A, and it's, it, that's it, that's it another Dario Argento thing. He always, um, he always kills someone through a glass window. Nice. And then, oh my god, that happens a couple times in this. Yeah, he loves smashing windows. So to he kill he smashes her head, and then there's the like this weird the shot of her laying there as her head has just come to rest because she's just been pushed through there. Mm. Down the stairs, it pans across to her friend laying at the bottom of the stairs dead, and then the guy yeah, takes pictures of them from downstairs. Yeah. But how the fuck did he get downstairs so quick? Oh, he quick. Yeah, this guy's. He must really have quick. jumped over the balcony. <laughs> I mean, no wonder people struggled to fight this guy. He was the Flash. Yeah, because he pulled his camera out as well. <laughs> exactly. Started, yeah, yeah. Started taking photos, and there was a really nice shot, like going into the lens as well. Yeah. yeah. So many. I mean, well, it's a yellow film, so it's to be expected. So many super tight shots on things. Yeah, yeah. Like eyes, all the blades, all the weapons are like point of view. <gasps> One of the best scenes. That we've seen so far in this um, in this series that we've done, Lee. Mm-hmm. Obviously, cannot top zombie shark fight. Nothing stopped that. Oh, I don't know. But dog, dog nemesis. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a dog nemesis scene where after this girl gets ditched um, by we think nice, it's Johnny. nice guy, abusive Johnny. Yeah, nice guy. <laughs> All around nice guy. Nice guy. Johnny. Sons of Anarchy, Johnny. <laughs> The most bipolar man boy, man boy, you'll ever meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so she gets off and walks past and hears this dog jump up at her. That genuinely made From behind the fence. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, creepy yeah. as hell. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then so many coincidences. Leaps up again and leaps up like two two metres in the air and jumps and kicks off of this fence. Uh-huh. And she's like, you dick dog and picks up a stick and starts hitting yeah, the fence yeah. she's like you can't get over this fence it's at least three, three me- fences yeah. big it, like, it's probably like two and a half high. three meters high <laughs> and then um she walks off after being all smug like yeah i, I showed that yeah, dog yeah. who's who, who, who and then suddenly you see a long shot behind her this dog <laughs> leap over the fence and if you haven't seen it it sounds like I'm saying there was some awful CGI where they lifted the dog off the ground and then dropped it over the fence. This dog actually climbed. Yeah. This, this, this is, as Lee rightfully said, the Jackie Chan of dogs. The Jackie 
Shen of dogs. <laughs> this dog, like, she would run away and then be like, I'm going to jump over this knee-high wall to get away from it. And it's like, are you serious? Oh, that that dog... thing could jump three metres in the air. You've seen it. That dog basically walked over that she, second She fence. jumped over three fences to get away from it. And then, well, she then decided she'd run through some kind of cactus-looking field. Yeah, got caught up in it, and then the dog took her down. But and luckily, where she landed, her there was a and bit taking of wood. her skirt off. There was a bit of wood, so that when it jumped up, she like perfectly ricocheted it back. Oh yeah, she beat that dog but away. But then, like she I said about coincidences, she just strum- stumbles across the killer's house. Yeah. Which, coincidentally, he'd left his keys in the door of earlier. And we know that because. It cut back and forth between the key dangling in the door and him checking his pocket confusedly. While and then ten the minutes later, we were like, "Oh, he left his keys behind." Yeah, we weren't very quick on that one. Yeah, but then like <laughs> the best bit is she goes into his 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 house. Well, no, before that, she the dog catches bit... up with her again. Oh yeah, and mauls her up against the door, and she manages to get in the door. But then when she's in the, in there looking around and finding all these sifting with her fingers through all of this guy's she finds, she finds all the photos women. that he'd taken of those and all the women. letters she like sifts yeah, through them he'd been but sending the dog, these amazing the dog comes letter back pictures and comes down the stairs and is at the window waiting to get into the room and he's jumping and doing like backflips off relentless. of this glass wall <laughs> and he's like I'm off to go find something to break in yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy though when he came home unless it was his dog he didn't have any problems with that dog when he came home yeah, quite. through through the um, it well, must have come through the conservatory window because that that door was open. Yeah, because she ran out and the door was already open. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, so she was um, she was pretty clever at this point. She saw loads of murder, like loads of murdered pictures. Yeah, I think she put two and two together. We should put a point out that she works at the hotel or apartment building that yeah. the main guy Peter lives in. Yeah, yeah, where, where he's renting or, or lives or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's home away from home. But yeah, so she sees all these murders and she's like, oh crap, all right, let's, um, let's grab as much as I can. Starts ripping pages out of notepads. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no idea what they said because they're in Italian and they yeah. didn't think to subtitle them. She has beautifully um, remastered Blu ray. Yeah. Couldn't figure that one out. Thanks, future Carl, or past Carl. Thanks, Arrow releasing. Oh, you great. You've done great it again. <laughs> um, that yeah. sounds bad, but Arrow releasing are the best. Yeah, they're, they're spectacular. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she grabs all the evidence and then runs away, but gets chased down as she's leaving, doesn't mm-hmm. she? Oh, no, the guy tries to slash at her with a razor. And that's when she slams the conservatory door shut on his hand and yeah. he drops the, the thing. And then he's got an axe in his house. Yeah, then he turns around and picks up his axe. Yeah. And then she does possibly the stupidest thing I've ever seen a woman do in a uh, in a horror thing. And I'm, I don't mean, like, women are stupid. I mean, like, a woman in a horror film is particularly well, dumb. Well, this is a horror the, film the trope, though. Yeah, the, yeah but no, it isn't just she trips over because she does that. It's she pulls the paper so, so, out of her so pockets she, and yeah, throws she it at him. She probably trips over and like roly polies around <laughs> yeah. and then gets up and runs on. But yeah, she starts trying to paper cut him. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was she thinking? She She's not fucking she was, uh, Gambit from X Men. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the worst one I've ever seen in a film uh, of somebody falling over uh, in a horror film? A scary movie. No, uh, unfortunately, it's an Army of Darkness. And you know when he's being chased in the woods after yeah. he's come off the horse? 
there's a bit where he trips and rolls down the hill and the camera catches up to him. <laughs> like it ca- it's touching him and he gets up and runs and it wa- it kind of slows down and waits for him to get away. <laughs> oh, that bit's bad. Oh dear. I don't want to say anything bad about Armin Darnas. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then the next morning... A gardener finds her, and the gardener's He's lawn mowing. lawn. We've, yeah. got, we've got a POV of a lawnmower, mm-hmm. or a lawnmower man. Not as good as the one from... The lawnmower man. No. <laughs> the dog POV. No, they the, did no, a no, dog no. POV. The then. POV from Sinister. Which was that? The lawnmower POV. Oh, yes. Yeah, That's one of, of the best POVs yeah. from a lawnmower I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> sorry. I, I've only ever seen three lawnmower POVs. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one, the one from Tenebrae, the one from um, Sinister, and the one from Brain Dead. Oh yeah, Brain Dead. Yeah. That's a film. That is the best <laughs> lawnmower POV. Party's over. <laughs> um, oh, we'll do that. Yeah. So way. yeah. So what's happening? What happens yeah, in this? So the lawnmower goes along, and he's like, "Oh God, the grass is overgrown yeah. and just littered in paper." So he starts mowing over these murdered photos. Yeah, but it's pictures of women that have like been slaughtered, and he's just mowing over them. Yeah, he's like, "Well, this couldn't be." Is evidence. he not looking where he's going? And then he stumbles across like legs, and he stops a couple of inches just before he hits him. He's I like, thought oh. they were going to go over them. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was halfway trying to like, through, clean like, up. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the news reporter who's like Jerry Seinfeld. He's got his hand in his pocket, <laughs> and he's like. Pacing back and forth, being like, "Oh, so a body was found today. What's the deal with that?" What's like, the deal really with bodies? <laughs> I'm perfectly speaking English, and it's uh, it's this this is set in Rome. <laughs> What's <laughs> the deal with that? Um, oh God, where do we go from there? I have no idea what happens now. We're rushing through this. This film's like two hours long, but yeah. I want to say not much happens. I, there wasn't a point during this where I was bored. No. No, lots of, well, the thing is, it's a constant guessing game. You have no yeah, idea yeah, who yeah. it is. We were constantly so, being like, it's got to be that guy. So he has this interview with this guy that sits down with him and says, something about your books, your books um, always... Oh, what was he saying? He was talking about how it like, paints homosexuals as deviants or mm. something and how they're always lurid and stuff. And, um, and he was like, whoa, 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 I'm not painting them as deviants. I'm saying that homosexual that that these guys are homosexuals and don't look at them like that because of that this guy is also just an arsehole or something yeah, yeah um and then the guy was like oh yeah well i was brought up a strict catholic so i think that things like abortion is bad um but now but now that, i learned to accept it or didn't something. he say yeah i was brought up as a strict catholic but i'm okay with abortion that was it yeah he was like i saw batman v superman <laughs> and i'm okay with abortion and he was like you're a strict catholic as well aren't you and he's like well yes i, I am how did you know that okay that's some red flags that yeah that guy's yeah exactly well, right? this isn't this he isn't the first time we've met this guy this guy he was in the film earlier because I remember him looking like the guy that runs the hotel in Ghostbusters. Is this the guy in the corner of the room? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. Beginning of the film. Beginning of the film, um, when we meet the girl who's asking him all the hard questions about feminism um, that his publicist artfully deflects. Yeah. Um, he, the guy's like, who was that weird tall guy in the corner of the room? He didn't say much. He just stood there and stared. His publicist went, oh, he's um, he's the host of an afternoon talk show. You'll be meeting him on Thursday. Yeah. That's him. You've only just pieced that together and you remember those exact lines of dialogue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, this is where it gets confusing because 
they figure out that he's the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to see his house and... Oh, and then they decide, he says, um, if we figure out who the killer is, I can write a book about it and it'll be a bestseller. So they decide they're going to solve the case themselves. Mm-hmm. And they I turn up. I think that's up. how Stephen King wrote 50% of his books. Well, he just started he solved who Cujo was. He solved that <laughs> his car was possessed by evil. <laughs> and then he made millions. Genius. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they figured they, out the lamp monster. So they they figure out who he is. Yeah, um, using their detective skills mm-hmm. and and, a map and piecing and a together his book. interview and a phone book. Yeah, yeah. And then they turn up at this swanky pad. It's a really cool pad with him and with Peter and little Johnny boy, mm-hmm. little Johnny boy man. Um, they turn up and Peter's like, oh, "I'm going to watch here. You go look from the other side of the house." And in seconds. The guy travels through thick forest yeah. to get to the other side of the house. But then he stands in the grass, like... <laughs> he, he squats down behind this little potted plant, this little fern. He's, like, holding the grass, like, it's <laughs> so obviously there. And then, like, he's got... He's not he's not in, like, a black turtleneck or something. No, no. He's not dressing like Chris or the Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Um, he's hiding... <laughs> <laughs> he's hiding behind thick a thick grass plant with he's his so head thick. and shoulders sticking out yeah, at the like top clearly. and like his arms sticking out the side I didn't realise until the axe went through the window that it was also centimetres away from the oh, window yeah, yeah. so like, like the light foot. from the room was clearly it was showing illuminating him. Yeah. and he was wearing like a golfing sweater yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, bright blue but here's the thing right James because while we were watching this I said to you what if it was Peter what if Peter was the killer and you were like no and I was like what if he went and killed that guy and then hit himself in the head of a rock and well we haven't there? explained that yet so they have no but idea that, what talking about that is what so this guy is watching through the window and he sees this dude who we think is the killer this creepy um, strict Catholic guy yeah that's uh, so it's always the Catholics. They're either killing people or you know, touching kids. Yeah, one of the, one of the two. <laughs> they should do a film about guy touching kids and killing people. Spotlight. I'm sure it has some. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Great film. Spotlight so, yeah, 2. So he lo- <laughs> the Lieutenant Brain. Um, he lo- judgment Day. Spotlight 2, Judgment, judgment Day. Day. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, he looks through the window and this guy's muttering something about how he did it and then an axe just cracks down his head so you're like shit maybe he nice. didn't do it The because he voice. just got killed the golem voice is just like you're dirty yeah, yeah he hears that voice yeah and you're like alright well what just happened someone mm-hmm. just killed him maybe he's not the killer yeah maybe and the killer was hiding out in his Peter, and Peter is, has got his head caved in He's passed out on the floor, covered in blood, and there's a rock with loads of blood splattered on it. Uh-huh. So Peter must have hit himself in the head with a rock, because it turns out, like, spoilers for later on, that Peter is the okay, killer. Okay, well, Peter's the killer, and Lee figured this out, and I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right, because he would have had to somehow find another way into that house, find an axe, and also, axe this guy in the head. And also he told that other guy to go round to the other side. How did he know that he would stand to a, to a place where he wouldn't see mm. Peter? Because Peter knew he was there... Because he smashed the window with the axe. Yeah, no, no, no. He threw like a statue through the window. Did he? Because the axe was in that guy's head. Oh, yeah. On the floor yeah. next to him. Where do I leave that axe? <laughs> oh, that guy's brains. <laughs> so then he um, picks so up then, the axe and hides so it. That, yeah, because later then on the police come it. back and search, search like the, um, the room. Oh, but you do see... 
Do you reckon it was the cleaner? The cleaner was just going around cleaning up the carpet. All the blood off the carpet just scraping around it and got to the point when they found a body and they were like, what? And they called the police. She got two inches from the toe. Um, Yeah, you see him smashing up the razor blade that he'd been using and he was burning all all the photographs Mm -hmm. and uh, all the evidence before he got axed. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, the police turn up and they don't seem to find anything. Because they would have found that girl's dead body on his property. Do you reckon they would have been like, hmm, it's a bit suspicious there's a dead girl in your property. Um, (laughs) Maybe she, maybe they thought she was also there and the guy killed two people? Yeah, it's odd. Where do we go from here, Lee? Where do we go from here? So, what the fuck happened next? Quick side note. Did you know that Argento wanted to get Christopher Walken to play the main guy? No, but that would have yeah. made the film a hundred times better. <laughs> that would have been so good. Yeah, that that's who he wanted to play it. And, and then that, and that bit where he's he's figuring out the, the, the thing and he goes all Adam West. He's like, yeah. maybe that guy did... Would have been better if Christopher that was so good. Maybe he was that prob- guy. He was probably like Dora Walken. <laughs> that must have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you're sitting on the phone book. <laughs> oh, that, coincidentally, I've that. already circled where he lives. <laughs> I only just figured this out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, that would have made this film a hundred times. It would have been Do you know brilliant. what? Another, another thing, a slight annoyance in this film which happens in other horror films, I think it only happens in horror films, is when a phone is dead and someone picks it up, they tap the receiver thing loads to uh, to see, if, what, why is this phone not working? Like, that has ever done anything to a phone. Like, why do they do that? Because if you pick it up, it might have been off the hook for ages. So you press it for a dial tone. No, no. <laughs> I'm not, no. You, I'm you've not never used a landline, Lee. So where the fuck do we go from here? Uh, well, guess, there's, there's oh, that beautiful end scene. I know where we go from but, here. But, oh, we go the, to the courtyard. Yes. Someone gets so shoots out of it. The, the, uh, Peter's moving away now because of the crimes. Well, Painter Jane has turned up on the scene. Scatterbrained Jane. Well, he goes to see his, his guy and says, I'm going to leave. And the guy's like, don't leave. We're going to make a million dollars. Stay here. Yeah, his and he agent. goes, I'll let you know. And then as he leaves the room... As he leaves his cardboard box room, his entire room is just MDF. Yeah, including his made up chipboard. His door, when they open it, you can see the other side of the door, it's normal. But then when you close it, it's just MDF, so like you can't even see where the door was. And then out of another MDF door appears the crazy woman Jane. Scatterbrain Jane. Who then she's proceeds been to like, out that and she's like, I don't, I think they're kissing so each hot. other, but they're like headbutting I think each other. I think she was trying to eat him. Yeah. Because one of the chins ended up in the other one's mouth yeah, yeah, yeah and she definitely used teeth yeah so it turns out she's having an affair with peter's a pub- agent a- agent mr yeah. bulmer yeah and she goes home she goes home and finds some nice red shoes he's bought her some oh, nice that's red really shoes nice right that's mm-hmm. really nice and there's a note saying like oh no they had arranged to meet for lunch mm-hmm um, so he is out the agent's out waiting for her at lunch he's looking around he sees the usual Italian sights and sounds of the sea i.e. domestic abuse yeah domestic abuse <laughs> two guys fighting and then a kid being a dick um, and like hiding his ball under the um, and throwing balls at him while he's sat yeah, there and watching then hiding it abuse. underneath his the bench the best bit about that domestic abuse bit is he looks over that domestic abuse and he looks angry and like shakes his head and then he looks across at that restaurant and there's two drunk guys fighting and he's just like, <laughs> drunk guys fighting. And then he goes back to the domestic abuse and is just like, no. <laughs> but then he gets up 
We yeah. keep seeing feet, so we're expecting to see the red shoes. We're looking for those red shoes because we, we think she might be the killer at that That's, point. This is what we thought. Because she is crazy. She keeps showing up outside Peter's house and just staring at them from the car and then speeding yeah. off. We just keep seeing her drive through aerial shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we see um, like a couple of people bump into him. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh shit, what's happening? And then you see this big pointy blade. I've never seen a knife like it. It looks like someone filed down a piece of metal. It looks yeah, more yeah. like a shank. They start shanking him in the gut like you're stabbing some kind of paint can. And nobody sees this, even no. though I swear that woman who's walking towards him after the domestic abuse is staring straight at him. And yeah, she's but she, she's just been domestically abused. She's like... Oh, she's in a trance oh. from yeah. from the Trevor from the, EastEnders. The hypnotist. Yeah. So then this guy like collapses down on the floor, covered in blood. Crowds of people come around him, and then you see the red shoes walk up. Yeah. And then you see them walk away. Exactly. We would like hardly any reaction time to we're like, it mm. must have been her, right? Yeah. And all the while, by the way, we've been having flashbacks. Of odd flashbacks. Odd flashbacks of like this woman being surrounded by three dudes and getting her tits out uh-huh. and like having her face by all their crotches and grabbing their legs and then being slapped around the face till she bleeds. And she has red shoes And then on. walking up and being stabbed in the gut with the same looking knife that just stabbed that guy. Mm-hmm. And we're getting more and more hints of kind of what's going on here. And it's playing out a little bit more each time. Yeah. Um, so then we... Then Scatterbrain Jane calls up... Um, calls up Peter's assistant... Who we probably should have mentioned at some point has been in this the entire film. Yeah, and has been super <laughs> suspicious, in case you were wondering. Yes, because we thought that it was her and, and she was the woman at the entire point. time through. We thought it was her and Jane combined doing crimes. Yeah, because the thing is, she is an awful character. She has been written so poorly. Yeah. She is as bad as her own teeth, yeah. which are awful. It looks like <laughs> she grew her up dubbing. drinking red wine. <laughs> That poor woman, James. Uh, what does she do to deserve all of that red she's wine? She's a star. <laughs> Go get your teeth done. Get a tie line. It costs like three quid. They didn't use blood for this film. They just got her to regurgitate <laughs> red wine. Um, so, yeah, she... Liver. Crazy Jane, Scatterbrain Jane calls her and says, like, come to mine. I need you to come here. I've witnessed something. I don't know. And then Scatterbrain Jane pulls out a gun. We should definitely call her Painter Jane, though. Painter Jane. Oh, yeah. Painter, Painter Jane. Jane. Uh, pay and spray Jane <laughs> um, she she's standing so, there I'm confused as to what, what this bit is she's sitting there with a gun does she think that someone's going to kill her or is she waiting for Peter's assistant to show up so she can shoot Peter's assistant I think she knows who the killer is okay so a window is bust open she saw because she saw that her do you think Peter she saw bought that, her those she shoes she saw that yeah Definitely. Yeah. She saw that her um, boyfriend had been killed. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I know who did that. And I've got these shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now here comes the greatest bit I've ever seen in a film. So you're sat, <laughs> picture the scene. We've got um, like a sprawling lounge slash kitchen area. It's white. It's white. You're sat down by a window. And on the opposite side, maybe 10 metres away, a window bursts open uh-huh. from the wind and you're freaking out. She sat there clutching her gun on the table, pointing at her like, 
like the reverse side of a table of hand survey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see an axe come from the top of a window and smash it. You see it go Thank into her Argento. arm in that shot. And then they cave through that It's It's window. nicer because it goes into her arm in that long shot. And then you don't see the effects of it until the close-up. So maybe yeah. it didn't so actually it connect with her arm. It cuts right through a forearm. Yeah, no, you yeah, see yeah. it. It goes phew, yeah, that's straight nice. through a forearm. And then um, and then she turns around, <laughs> clutching her elbow. And there's a, wall, a white wolf right behind her. And she paints a <laughs> rainbow of blood all over that wall. Like, beautiful technical. I'd just like to point out, right... <laughs> I swear that, like, yeah, that is the entire contents of her body of blood. Like, her blood pressure would have been off the charts. At that point, she would have deflated. Without the axe, she was going to be dead soon anyway. Like, her heart had gone into overdrive. (laughs) She was about to have a major aneurysm in her brain. (laughs) Any cut, like, if she got a paper cut, (laughs) she would have bled out. It would have been like, you know, in fucking... Soon she would have been like... Arnie at the end of um, Total Recall when he gets sucked out into Mars and he's like, <laughs> and he's, she, like his skin is stretching she out. She was essentially a toothpaste that someone had rolled out from the bottom <laughs> it was and like, then sliced the it was cap like off. Her arm was Diet Coke and the axe was Mentos. Because <laughs> it just fucking Started this chain reaction of like, she I, bled I, to death instantly, James. Yeah, and, but it didn't come out. Like, it, it came it, out of it like came the out, where her bone marrow should be. Yeah, but be. it came out in tons of spurts, though. So it looked like she had just severed, like she had a million veins that were just pumped we to the max. We had to rewind and watch it again because it was that good. It was so worth watching It was again. amazing. Yeah, it's, I'm it's definitely going to watch that scene again and again. Yeah. So she paints the wall with blood and then coats herself. And then... Then she walks into the kitchen with that really nice shot and turns around. And, I mean, she's obviously got her arm stuffed up her shirt, but it looks really nice. Yeah, it does look good. And she falls down to the ground. Yeah. Um, bleeding out. Does she get axed then or not? I feel no. like she gets another axe. No, but... no, no, because the axe hasn't come... Because th- he hasn't come in yet. No, he hasn't. So then he... Then someone else bursts through the door. The assist... Oh, wait. So the, the assistant's the car assistant. Yeah, the assistant's car pull up. And someone bursts through the door... So we're like, oh my god, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And an axe comes down behind her, right into her like collarbone yeah, from her right. back, which has to be. If the, if I've learned one thing from this film, it's that axe killing is the least effective way, or least efficient way, <laughs> or least nice way of killing someone, because none of them seem to be sharp. It's no. like hitting someone with like a blunt object. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Although, like, he hits that guy later on in the back and then that guy just, like, writhes around in pain for a bit and then just flops down dead. Yeah, yeah Like, exactly. conveniently, I swear his face goes in that woman's ass. <laughs> conveniently, he went out how he lived. <laughs> An ass muncher. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he axes this girl and he's like, no, what have I done? You see then that it's Peter. Yeah. And he's like, no, what have I done? I've... Because at that I point, we're like the only person it could be the assistant. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because everyone else is dead or in that room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, he's killed He's killed Peter. Uh, he's killed his assistant. And then the detective, who only drinks on the job, yeah. <laughs> walks in um, through the front door. Um, and he's like, no. And he turns her over. Peter turns her over and realises that it's the female cop. Yeah. That they've been... that. Um, like she, I think she rushed in early. He's like, she's always been a hothead. She always rushes in places first. She always goes off and gets autographs and comes back and it's really silly. Um, 
This is where Peter starts acting like... Um, you know the problem with Cannibal Holocaust I had where I just don't understand how these people can adjust to normal society when they go back home. Yeah. He, he starts acting so crazy that you're like... How for the entire rest of the film did he just keep it together? He tucks himself into the corner of the room and starts rocking back and forwards yeah. and kind of chuckling to himself and worried with a worried face. When it's done in like Psycho, it makes sense because when Norman Bates is Norman Bates, he's Norman Bates. But when Norman Bates is Mrs. Bates, mm. it's like he, he's schizophrenic. He's a different person. Like this just came out of nowhere. Yeah. There was no indication at any point up until this moment that he was that crazy no he seemed totally sane it just seemed like a, a third act twist maybe he accidentally killed one of the other extras too soon yeah <laughs> oh, also as a quick side note as well Peter gets well massively bludgeons himself in the back of the head with a rock like it looks horrible it looks deep mm-hmm and then he's wearing this tiny little plaster stuck on his hair. Like one of those cartoon plasters. <laughs> but it's like, it's stuck on his hair, not his head. It's like three, because it's 80s, it's three inches away from his scalp. So his head's just probably bleeding profusely and like pussing up. No wonder he's gone crazy. He's covering it up. He gave himself brain damage when he hit himself in the head. But, so we find out what happened was that he, um, he Wait a minute, maybe I just realised, maybe the craziness was an act. Because then he had the he fake out slit his throat, so maybe it was all pretend that he was acting that crazy. Maybe. Hmm. So yeah, so he picks up. Um, he 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 says, "Oh, okay, you've got me, officer. I'm sorry." Clutches into his pocket, pulls out a razor blade, and slits his throat. And you're like, "Oh fuck, no! Thank God he's dead." Yeah. And then the policeman and um, assistant lady go into the cop car, and he has the most efficient communication with the with the control mm-hmm. and he's like it's done <laughs> the end yeah, it's over and then he's just like by the way all the flashbacks throughout the rest of the film um, there was a murder and Peter may have been involved because somebody said you did it but they never had any evidence like when, and when they never was, went when to when he was court. younger or something yeah, yeah. so and it's like and he's been living with that pain of, of killing her it must have done weird things to him yeah yeah, yeah it's a bit weak at the end it's very weak and then weak. he was just like wait a minute I've got to go back to the house for some reason. I can't remember why he went back. It never was explained. No, so he went back into the house to get something or look at something or do something? Probably because his partner had just been killed and at this point he was like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to have emotion about my friend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I did think for a while that he was going to pull the trigger when his partner gun appear. Oh, yeah, yeah, so did I. So he runs back in and he's like, holy shit, there's no Peter. There's no dead body on the floor picks up this razor blade and realises that it's a fake. He, mm. he starts digging, putting his finger in the blood and he's like, wait a second, this paint looks like the same paint that's killed everyone. <laughs> it's the paint it's really bright red. Um, and he realises that the, the razor blade has a lot of squirty paint feature on it mm-hmm. where, he, where you can fake killing yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's this really nice shot yeah. where he bends down and standing directly behind him in his outline is Peter and as he stands up he gets axed a question in the back yeah <laughs> and then he stumbles down and knocks over a statue or like some modern art there's a press, lot of weird modern like art in spiky film. modern art that presses up against the door mm-hmm. and then um, uh, the assistant back in the car hears what's going on runs over to the door and starts trying to open it yeah 
As she does that, Peter's freaking out. He doesn't know if he's going to kill her at that point, I, I guess. I really wanted him, because it was a glass door, I wanted him to throw the axe and it go through the glass. I wanted him to swing it around his head and launch it and have yeah. it like spin three times before it hits her in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't. No, she burst open the door with such force, James. That with this such thing, force. With so, <laughs> such force that this um, closely intertwined spiky object gently fell backwards and then suddenly a massive spike impaled his entire body. And like 60 and, miles an and hour. And like, <laughs> like spiked him into the wall. Yeah. And he, it was so um, so polished that, was that he cool. couldn't grip yeah, he couldn't it out. He couldn't it out. pull it out. He was slipping on it. Off. And it was hollow inside, so it was just bleeding him out. While the assistant screamed for about ten minutes. And we had the windows open at this point. Yeah. So and it, it was it definitely sounded like we killed Emma. Wait, exactly. where is she? I can't hear her. I don't know. Some modern Did art we? fell on there <laughs> next door at 60 miles an hour. She uh, is and a then, modern artist. And then it cut to black, and that was the end of the film. No, because she kept screaming. And then it cut to black, and that was the end of the film. <laughs> Except she kept screaming throughout the film. But credits. luckily that funky theme music kicked back in. Oh, the music in this is spectacular. The music in this is spectacular, but I'm like, I don't know what genre this film is, and I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling when I'm... So, like, I imagine that, that tracking shot is supposed to be like a creepy shot, but when it's that awesome rock music, you can't really get creeped out by what we could yeah. be seeing. Well, it's here. kind of like electro-funk yeah. as well. It was weird. It was like Daft Punk music. Well, and I couldn't find the track, but they used that track, like they used the main theme um, in just in the Justice Cross album. Um, and it's pretty much the exact same song. They just changed a couple of bits. Because the music in this, I'm pretty sure, was Goblin. In Dawn of the Dead, there's a little theme in it, which is... Uh, it was like like when there's there, there was like Dawn around. of the Dead music that was in this, but that, that lifted that, and rescripted. That music is definitely on a Gorillaz album. It's the intro oh, to yeah. one of the albums. Like it's a hundred percent on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I know it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> there was I this thing know. ages ago on Scott Mills' radio show, back when I was forced to listen to it at work, and it made me so angry when I heard it. Because he was just like, I've just found this song. It's really funny. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it to go into the charts, and all the hipster kids are like, Oh my god, Scott Mills is so funny! And he's playing this song, and the song was, the song just went, the ladies' bras, the ladies' bras, the ladies' knickers, and the ladies' bras. That was the entire song. But I was just like, That's the song from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> that somebody's singing a shit lyrics over. <laughs> that is the gonk from Dawn of the Dead. Oh my god. And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, fuck you, that's Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Stop fucking with my heart. God damn it, Scott Mills. <laughs> God damn. So, overall, James, what did you think of this? Um, overall, I think it was confused. Mm-hmm. Definitely confused. It it was well paced. It was. It, it kept us nice. guessing. It looked uh-huh. really nice. It's so nice to watch something on Blu-ray. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it looked beautiful. It sounded good. The music was spectacular probably yeah. some of the best music we've heard so far I really want to get I really want to get the album like, it's just going to be one track music, you, you mean you want to get the single that one that one single <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get that LP that she has <laughs> and loop it maybe Sainsbury's is stocking it now yeah, they do vinyl yeah. now yeah um, yeah do they yeah I walked into oh, the Sainsbury's and Angel and they do vinyl oh the Sainsbury's and Angel though. Um, anyway, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
I think I have a number. Okay. Let's hear your number. How did you feel about it, Lee? I felt the <laughs> same as you. It was confusing, but at no point in this film was I bored at any point. And like I said, there were some really good shots in it. It um, looked really nice. Obviously, it's a Blu-ray, so it's going to look great. And Angel, an Arrow have done a great job on it. But there were like ten beautifully crafted death scenes. Like ten great kill scenes. They, pre- and they were all like... They were all well thought out as well, how people were getting murdered. I'm pretty sure that that pay and spray death scene is going to go down in history for me. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, that came out of nowhere. It's like the first time I saw the splinter to the eye from zombie flesh eaters. Oh, beautiful. Um, I've got a number as well. So, my, my biggest high. issue for... Uh, no, I think mine is. My biggest issue for me is that the ending really didn't make any sense and it feels like they're strung it together. I think it's just apart a, from that, if this film, if the tagline of this film was a series of bizarre con- consequences, <laughs> or coincidences, because they did drop that Lemony Snicket's painting of the wall, they did drop that he read um, *Hound of the Baskervilles*, and they kept mm. mentioning that line from Sherlock about whatever the whatever the I don't know the exact line. They were I've never saying read a book, they were but, saying that if you um, if you can prove that everything that is possible is not. Um, is not the case, then the only thing that's left is the impossible. Well, the only answer, no matter how impossible, is, is the, the impossible. only answer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I feel they tried to justify their actions with that line, Yeah. but still, the number I've got in my head is a high number. I'm a four. I, I also am a four. Well, thank God, because we're an eight. Is this the highest rated one, or was I that don't, Demons? I don't know, because Demons was pretty I think high. Demons We should probably nine. write these down. Yeah, I need to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure Demons was a nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, this yeah, film's good, and I'll watch yeah. it again. Why don't you guys? We should also, we'll also watch more Dario Argento. Yeah, definitely. We're doing a lot of Giallo, and I good. like it. Good. We should watch that film Giallo. I don't know we if it's any good. I hope Giallo. it is. Yeah, cool. Yeah. This has been fun. I kind of want to do Nightmare City next. I'm I've, more than I've happy never to come to yours that. with the Blu-ray. Oh. And watch it at yours nice. and then record it yours. That could be hot. Yeah? Yeah, I could do that. It's getting late, James. It is. I <laughs> should go It's really home. hot in here for some reason. I, I've really taken I'm, off I'm a layer as of clothing. as that perpetually nippled woman. Get me woman. a towel that I can half wear <laughs> while I'm walking around the house. So she had like a towel and a shawl. I cool myself down by sticking my head through a glass window. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening to... Say this, Bill.